Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part CFI space discussing Luna, Lunk, Juno, Adam, and a whole bunch of other stuff, and probably some doctor stuff. Let's take a listen. Sigma, you there? I'm just curious what's the point with the stablecoin now? Like, uh, it's completely unrelated to the Lunk, right? But the plan is to repeg it, and what's what's the idea? Do you have any indication? Um, what we do know is um, one, its market cap is pretty sizable still, which is interesting. Um, I don't know what it is lately, like what um, three, four hundred million dollars. It's kind of funny. Um, so what to do with it? Um, well, for starters, doing some kind of um, you know return to a pegging mechanism um, is possible. Um, you know, but there would have to be sort of like differences in parameters to make sure that the type of problems that happened before, it's just much harder to have happen again, obviously. Um, right now you would need for the like 9 billion or whatever, um, like, um, I think I did a calculation that you, you were like about $9 billion short of cash to basically infuse into this thing to make the price go up to like, you know, where it pegs back to a dollar. Um, it's kind of funny, actually. It could actually go above a dollar now because there's no actual peg mechanism whatsoever. And it's just a purely like odd, like zombie free-floating asset out there. Um, I, I don't know uh, how, mm, like, I, I don't know how technically possible it is to reconnect everything. Um, but there have been some claims that it is actually possible. And I think it becomes more possible the higher... Uh, USTC goes on its own closer to a dollar based on speculative interest. And uh, then it's a, then it's a lot more straightforward to accomplish. But I don't really know that like, because there's such a discrepancy right now between like the market cap of that and I don't know, Luna Classic. And I don't know, it's, it's a mess. I'm not sure how to, uh, I'm not sure like what the solution would be mathematically. Yeah, it's a complete mess. Hey, I'm going to bounce real quick. That coin merge uh, AMA is going on with uh, yeah, go. our, our buddy David Gorkenstein. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Go so hang out with I got to listen to this shit. Okay. Right, I'll All be right. back. <laughs> yeah, David's was funny. Hey, is that, is that one on Spaces as well? Because I know that's going to be a funny one. What's that now? Is that David Gorkenstein, whatever, um, uh, going to be on Spaces as well? Yeah, I think he he jumped on to another one where he's going to be chatting with the the Terra Rebels team a bit, and so yeah, if you guys need to hop to that, go check it out. Um, it's uh, I, yeah, I think he's like sort of hanging out as a guest or something like that. So we'll see how okay. that goes. All right, Sefi, I'll holler at you later, man. Hey, thanks for all these uh, spaces and shit, man. I'm learning a lot in these past few yeah. months. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks. Um, Brk, what's up? 
Uh, hey guys, Safi, first of all, uh, thank you so much for letting me speak. And um, I'm from India. Um, I mean, I'm a regular, you know, space listener. Um, and uh, I'm here, I'm into Lunk, Luna Classic, only because of, I'm, I'm making it very clear, I'm only because of uh, our coach, Lunk Dao. And uh, uh, he's the one, uh, yeah, a lot of guys might, uh, you know, make fun of whatever I'm going to say, but I don't care about that. But uh, trust me, he's the only one, um, you know, why I'm into Luna Classic. A lot of them, you know, like me, are, you know, only because of that reason, because of what he says. And a couple of days ago, David was, you know, I believe, Sefi, you know, that he was in our uh, spaces and... Uh, in the initial part of the fee, I mean, the space was, you know, much about making fun of, or probably, you know, you guys had difference of opinion. <laughs> and then slowly it moved on. And um, I don't know if Demon is there. Oh, I think he was there. He was here a little while ago. Uh, I believe he has moved on to another. Uh, and then he started speaking. He started talking to David. He started uh, making valid points. And uh, that really made some beautiful sense. And then again, Coach started speaking about uh, the utilities, basically. Oh, I'm sorry. I accidentally hit the mute button while I was scrolling. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so David, uh, yeah, that's okay. David was uh, asking about utilities of Lunk. And then uh, um, I believe uh, the demon who was, you know, a while ago in our, in our space, he spoke. Uh, he made a lot of, you know, uh, you know, uh, meaning. Uh, he made a lot of sense about the utilities of it. So, uh, first of all, I would like to thank. I would like to take an opportunity to thank Vegas and uh, EDK and a lot of other Terra rebels who uh, are into reviving the Lunk community, because uh, without them, you know, uh, this this wouldn't be possible. And Sifi, thank you so much for hosting all of these spaces. Uh, and I miss my coach right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, uh, Bruce, no Bruce, and I, Bruce and I, yeah, well, he's been freed, so he's going to be able to come back. You know that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I totally <laughs> understand. Because, see, uh, I, he, follow, he in fact follows me because uh, I'm a genuine follower of him. Uh, I know nothing about Lunk well, and well, then uh, I, I did lose. First of all, uh, just just to be really, really clear, right? A lot of stuff that Coach says is just trying to be funny, right? So I, I, don't, I totally understand. I, so I don't totally don't take it all as like financial advice and put on, kids Steffi, college education or something into something. Is the belly button thing is true? Uh, Addie tested it. Uh, she realized that she was facing guys she liked with her belly button. Uh, I wouldn't say it's all uh, funny, but uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know, I mean, Coach says, I know, I understand from his perspective, you know, he's trying to be, you know, he's trying to be as neutral as he can be. And uh, his mood, his intentions are all uh, so genuine. So, uh, well, see, it, but, uh, but in general, like uh, one thing to be sure of is don't um, don't ever listen to any one of us with too much conviction. Right. Because most of us usually have a small piece of the story. And, um, you know, we have like, we know what we know and we, there's a lot of things we don't know. So you're, like, you're, he right, is like, you're right, brother. See, but I'll tell you one thing very frankly, see, anyone who speaks anything about lung, trust me, I'll tell you one thing for sure. Everyone 
who listens to your space we all have a part of lona classic only because it's we believe that it's going to go up in price and it's all you know exit liquidity we are going to sell it off at some point of time only to make some money out of it nobody is so bloody pure here we are all here okay okay so that's how i started off and now i'm literally waiting for it to crash a little bit more to buy a bag to leave in the economy so <laughs> and that that's the only reason why i'm leaving it in the economy for that. yeah i want some money from it don't get me wrong but i i kind of still no, want no, to no no everybody everybody is here for money it's just that the more the bag we hold you know if you hold it in multi million millions then i probably i mean i mean i'm sure you know you can exit in if it crosses 0.01 and the less you have you need to wait till a dollar or probably a cent or you know 10 cents it's all about that but what, uh, what i might suggest but, uh, I, i don't know if you're here earlier but up in the um uh, so up in the uh, little banner up top here mm-hmm. i um have a link to ethan buckman who did a nice uh, youtube talk 3 years ago actually it was one of the cosmos conventions and he really gets into the details of like the vision for the cosmos in general um I, okay i do hold like a look i mean and i and i went and i think it's worthwhile if you're here and you're new and you're playing on cosmos chains i think it's worthwhile sort of watching that video i think if you're sort of like a you know an intelligent rational person i think you'll get some really useful ideas sure. out of the thing and i think sure. um so some of us yeah like some of us obviously want to make a buck and all of that but there's also those of us that are really like like philosophically into like what the people of the cosmos are doing no but but, and, but trust and all me, of that too uh, so sophie sorry to interrupt you i i do hold a lot of other utility tokens like you know a lot of other tokens that i'm going to hold till 2030 because uh, nowadays i mean as of now crypto trading is all about making money as of now because there's no other trust me by 2030 only 100 plus coins are going to survive out of the 5000 plus coins available right now i do know the fact these are all just you know actually i'm i'm going to i'm going to disagree with you there um i think you'll be surprised at the total market caps of maybe uh, even the top 500 by that point yeah like you i, mean, I don't you think... mean to say you, you mean to say 500 plus coins are going to survive in oh for absolutely decade? certain yeah for 100% sure of that okay but the but the coins with same utility see as of now a lot of us do not know about casper which is uh, a lot of time you know better than ethereum 3.0 you know that right casper a lot of us do not even know about casper i mean yeah what you're what you're saying is that many of the coins that are in the top let's say 500 now are going to disappear right that's what you're saying yeah you're you're right sure. you're right it's I'm quite possible they'll be replaced by other things sure but what i'm saying is is crypto in general my suspicion is just based on what uh, the industry looks like that the the market caps of even the top 1000 will mm-hmm. be a little bit more surprising to people than you might think. So anyway, see see I personally believe in interoperability that's going to be the future of finance like you know a lot of us believe in hedgebar and a lot of us do not even know about quant which is like ultimately quant is right now you know doing nothing with regards to publicity because they are concentrating more only on you know uh, client based services uh, 
I mean, I mean, I hold a lot of quant. As of now, I hold about um, say about four hundred to four hundred and twenty quants right now. I mean, I mean, um, that's not a big amount I as of now. Uh, is that what you want to ask? Q&T. Uh, so I haven't come earlier, and like, I even posted on guys' post, like, you know, and is, is it Q&T you want to ask? Yeah, it's the financial point. Uh, so, so, sorry, brother. Uh, I mean, uh, your voice is not as clear. I mean, it's, it's pretty, you know, but disturbed. I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't hear what you said, but uh, see, what I'm trying to say is, as of now, uh, I'm into Iluna Classic, believing that it's going to go off. And right now, you know, I've staked a lot of millions of tokens of Luna Classic with Lankdao. And the price, you know, I don't know, for some reason, uh, he had some, someone shorted it and the price has come down. Uh, what do you think, Safai? Um, um, I mean, I believe you're going to bounce back, right? Even, I mean, uh, not right now or probably, you know, in a first of all, time. <laughs> first of all, don't, don't believe what you read on Twitter. A lot of the um, tweets are just bullshit from people. Um, mm -hmm. th there's no, like, nobody has any proof that anybody shorted anything. Um, uh, no, they did. Uh, they, they, what's that dude, the big investor? There's a TikTok what, video. Yeah, he even posted that the other day that he, he shorted it. Like, he, he literally said he's opened a position to short it. It's something like 20, yeah. 24 billion worth or something like that. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. It, it was ridiculous. He did, he did do, I mean, I think he did it twice, I believe. First time and now again he did it. I don't know, but uh, a lot of us, you know, we we are really scared. But uh, listening to Demon, I mean, I, I don't know. He changed his username, I believe. Demon. He spoke a couple of days ago. He replied to David. Uh, he was the one who who spoke to David first. Can try to convince him with regards to the utilities that you know Luna Classic provides. Uh, so uh, listening to him, you know. Um, I mean, I started actually believing in, uh, because, you know, we are basically a blockchain, you know, we, we have so much of utilities. I really hope that a lot of, uh, you know, apps, you know, uh, you know, projects come into our ecosystem. Um, uh, can you explain us? I mean, can you give us some, as if I, can you give us some ideas about, you know, uh, some positive ideas that, you know, some hope about Luna Classic? I mean, I'll be really glad to listen to you, if I. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much again for the opportunity given, Sipai. Yeah. Um, as far as hope, uh, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, basically, like, anybody can tell you that uh, price will go up and lots of people come to buy it. Nobody really knows, right? And there's nothing specific preventing people from shorting the market or any other kind of, like, you know, things out there. So that's all just part of the game. Um, Sufai, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. You, Sufai, you sorry. should very sorry even, to interrupt you. Uh -huh. Very sorry to interrupt you. When I ask you about hope, I am really not asking you about the price hike as of now because I'm ready to hold this Luna Classic tokens for about a year or two. I'm I'm ready to hold it. But do we really have a future after one year or one and a half year? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Do uh, I mean that's exactly my point. I am really not trying to you know make well. I, I'll I'll right tell now. you. I'll let me just put it this way. It's at least um, it's at least multiple times more speculative than many other coins out there. So, in other words, like a lot of things have to go very well for th for things to look good one or two years from now. You just have to understand that. That's all. So, uh, but 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 the community, but the Luna community is unimaginable, unimaginably insane with compared to other, you know, meme tokens like Shiba or Dojo. I mean, I'm not trying to def, you know, defend any other community here, please. 
but our community is unimaginably amazing i mean i don't know man <laughs> it's like unimaginably insane uh, but I- i'm sure a lot of us are here only for uh, you know profit so either way like you should only be willing to put into an altcoin what you're willing to lose 90% on so just whatever you're doing uh like that should be a given no matter what so just be aware of that so at least 90% loss should be acceptable to most people here for any altcoin space thing like that was true of ethereum in the beginning as well so uh, if it can happen to ethereum it can happen to you i promise you know so just always keep that in mind Speaking of community, can we take a moment of appreciation to say thank you to Ali for bringing Asparagoid back with her successful mission to Twitter HQ? Congratulations, Addy. That was amazing. You, you, you are the beacon of this community. You are the light that BRK is speaking of. Thank you so much. It was really nothing, but thanks. Uh, and see if I can convey my regards to our coach. I mi- I do miss him here in space. Oh, he he'll be back at some point here. He's probably sleeping or something. He probably <laughs> he probably drank a lot after discovering he got his account back and then fell asleep. <laughs> which is which is fine, right? <laughs> is that is that he's writing a book on his teachings, like yeah, so he can come back and like even if he gets banned, he's got like a, a backup to say this is my book, this is what you should be doing if I get banned again. I can really imagine him like doing his own like fifteen commandments. I don't know why. Anyway, um Abu Bakri, or what's up? Yeah, I just have little to share here because I see. Um, just um, I'm here. I mean, on Lunar Classic. The the reason why I'm here uh, is not only for making money. To be honest, I like the movement. I like the movement where I see like the community they're trying to fix this project. So yeah, I have a bunch of Luna, and um, to be honest, I'm willing to lose that. So I don't care much. What I care is like I like the movement. I like uh, to see like a community can come together and fix this kind of uh, uh, issue. Uh, I didn't like Luna before, to be honest, because I, I feel like it, it was like a more centralized. And this time I see like we have opportunity to make this more decentralized. That's why, um, I mean, I really like this project. I like the community. So um, I don't care much about the price, but of course we need, we are trying to fix the issue, which also, I mean, it is kind of connected with the price. Yeah, so I know we are maybe we are not in the same page with others, but yeah, that is the reason why I'm here. So I like to see like because this I think will change. This will help a lot in I mean crypto uh, because it will make like uh, everyone understand anything can happen because this yeah. this project are built by human being, right? You're and you're saying you want to see a recovery story. Yeah, I want to be part of the recovery story. I know right now I'm 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 junior developer right now. I know I don't have much to offer, but I think I'm trying to do my own research and see how I'll be able to contribute anything. But what I want to see is, I mean, recovery story. Yes, and I believe because that will send very huge message to see like uh anything can happen, and but when things happen, no need to panic. I mean, we can come together and fix. That's the whole point of the community, right? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, hopefully everything works out very smoothly. Let's see how it goes. Uh, Justin True, what's up? Hey, brother man. Um, yeah, I saw you had a space open, and it was Luna Classic, and uh, you know, I really wasn't going to chime in on anything, but 
I heard a bunch of people kind of just touch on the philosophy of of Luna and the networking and kind of where everybody ended up in projects and developers and, and whatnot. And I just wanted to say the amount of people that came to Stargaze Zone as far as the NFTs from the Luna, uh, from the Luna disaster or event, if you will, uh, has really created i'm not sure if this is a silver lining for you guys but has created this new spark of energy and life and positivity in the stargate zone and other ibc nfts so it's cool to have that and even even though it was a, a pretty gnarly uh thing that happened that affected so many people i think that if we actually were to look at the effect that it has now as far as taking that philosophy over into other ibc enabled assets and especially into the NFTs, man, it has created some awesome communities. So even though Luna Classic may have kind of bit it for now, and the NFTs and the Terra NFTs had to migrate, they all found a home, and they're all building there. So it's great to see, and thank you all for being yeah, part actually, of Yeah, actually, while we're on the subject, hey, Addy, uh, are you in a spot where you can open your Kepler wallet? Yeah. So if you have a second, um, if you go to the bottom of the page on your wallet, there's a little like, I don't know, globe button or something there. And you can actually go in there and there's a link to Stargaze, which is the NFT platform. You might want to check that out. So so which the way that you get them is you basically use like osmosis, which is one of the other components of this thing. You transfer some atom there and you can actually convert some to stars tokens, S-T-A-R-S. And technically, you can get some like NFTs and, you know, fun little profile pics and stuff like that or whatever. There's different types of art on there. But yeah, um, like uh, Justin True, Addy is like a total like uh, crypto absolute newbie. So uh, <laughs> so I had her download a Kepler wallet and start playing around. She's having fun. And um, yeah, Stargaze is like its own chain. It is um, it, it's it, it's an NFT um, specific chain and the team is basically designing uh, it to be sort of like a high quality experience for people that want to do NFTs in the cosmos. Now you can also do NFTs like on other chains, like for example, Secret Network, or you can do it on Juno or Terra, Terra Classic. But Stargazers has its like own specific NFT projects. Um, it's got a fairly highly inflationary token, which I have uh, some of. Um, I have a small amount of it that I kind of use, like I, I kind of park some money there and that way the yield that comes from that, I can then like use the yield and buy some uh, NFTs on Stargaze and play around on there. So that's kind of fun. But yeah, like how, how's your Stargaze project going down there? Oh, I don't actually have a project. I just kind of am a fan. I kind of just promote other other projects and and other people, and it's just awesome to see, dude. It's cool to see. Uh, it's cool to see NFT communities come together with more than just a bottom line at heart, and to have some sort of integrity or philosophy behind it. And that's kind of what even brought me in NFTs at all. Uh, I always thought it was just JPEG profile pictures and then looking into the utility and more of that the community behind some of these has really influenced my decision to take more further time and investment into this and it's been dope it's been awesome and one of the again one of the little hidden uh, treasures of what happened at Terra is it, it it created this huge wave of creators and projects and developers that jumped over into Stargaze so it was uh it was awesome. It's awesome, dude. And I, if you, I actually just did a giveaway for you uh, on Stargaze for one of the Space Ape Society Apes. 
uh, for people to follow you, to welcome you into the Stargate Zone. So if you want me... I think I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, cool. either if you want the uh, Stargaze NFTs, you guys want to dabble into it, let me know, and I can definitely hook you up with some uh, beginner stuff, and so you can check it out and get involved with some of those cool communities. Maybe DM Addy here; she might have fun on it. She, like, I don't think she she's playing the NFT thing yet, and I think Stargaze is probably a good fun spot to start just just to check it out. Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, like I think early on, like some of the guys on Terra, like I was never a big like NFT, you know like enthusiast or whatever but some of the a lot of the builders who are like creating projects would like you know send me some of their nfts and this and that and just for fun and uh you know so i have like this like wallet like with like just nft gifts which is kind of funny and uh, like here's but we've uh, i've had the founders of stars uh, stargaze on uh before and like they have a very interesting long-term roadmap for the for the thing and they taught they kind of were like discussing some tokenomics with me and like you know maybe how to uh improve the overall user experience for stargaze and everything else so yeah it's kind of fun uh talking with the guys very cool one of the uh things that just twigged in my memory cfi when you said about um nfts on terra so there's something called like terra name service which is like ethereum name service but you basically could send a token like an nft to someone's wallet and you could put this metadata on it, like with their name and, and uh, you know, like a URL to their Twitter and a little picture. Well, what Coach did was he registered uh, Nicholas Flamel dot uh, whatever uh, dot Terra. I can't remember what the thing was. Anyway, and then he, he put like a picture of him and like linked up his Twitter and stuff. And then he sent it to my wallet. <laughs> I didn't see it for ages. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, Nicholas Flamel. <laughs> Terra name service uh, NFT, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, who the fuck is, who sent me this it's thing?" It's so it's so funny the extent <laughs> that Bruce will go to to do like a practical joke or something. Yeah, it's yeah. actually, it, you know, like it takes a special type of person to do that shit, right? Exactly. Um, and he still had rights to like edit it. I couldn't edit it, <laughs> so that was like the double whammy. Um, anyway, so yeah, that that yeah. was one really funny way to dox people or find out who they were and stuff. But, uh, we were investigating that sort of thing. Back when we cared. We don't care anymore. <laughs> Chugs, were you about to say something? And your mic's been kind of on the fritz lately, man. I don't know what's going on. Um, it was on the wireless charger. It should be all right now, right? Yeah, it's a little bit better, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it was on the wireless charger. It kept flashing red at me, and I was kind of just giving it an evil look. I was like, well, fuck you, then don't charge my phone. Uh, but no, <laughs> going back to just, I'm heading off to bed in a minute because i got to be up for work in six hours. Uh, but just for the people that are sitting here wondering about the lunk price, I just want to remind everyone there was nothing that made it go up bar random speculation. Like that, as as Sefi says, expect to lose up to 90% in an altcoin like this. Yeah, we all want it to go up. But there was no reason for it to go up initially. Uh, we obviously the tax burn was confirmed. It's been confirmed for ages. There wasn't a, a, a you know a, a reason for it to go up. I, I, does anyone actually know why it went up? Was it just loads of people panic buying like randomly? Uh, or? I think it had some mixture of Bruce and me tweeting about it. <laughs> so there, there you go, and then Bruce gets banned and fucking goes down what two hundred percent? But no, uh, when, when the tax goes forwards that's when you should really be watching it and seeing where it's going because you'll be able to see obviously volume going up down on Binance and all and then you can make an educated decision right now everyone here is just gambling so yeah like with all the hate mail going to terror rebels and all, i felt really bad when uh i heard that like, obviously people are sending him hate mail and stuff like that and it's like just yeah 
Take take a breath. Yeah, people get like people get when you get a lot of amateurs coming in. Uh, you're getting a lot of feedback on your mic, by the way. You you have a lot of feedback when you use your mic, so just be sure to mute, mute it in between. I'm trying, but you keep muting me as I mute myself, so it's like oh. I'm. <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say one last thing before I go. Just, yeah, guys, remember, this is crypto. Yeah, this is gambling. Don't hate someone for your own decisions. Done. Yeah, certainly. Good advice. Um, yeah, there's like when a lot of amateurs come into the space, like they try to blame God or the sky or whoever they can for whatever the fuck their problems are. Um, but like, you know, uh, when it comes to sort of like these kinds of crypto punks, I can do entire lecture. Uh, pumps i can do entire lectures about like why they happen and you know how to look out for them and why they go down and when they go down and when they're going to go back up again and like how to interpret the whole thing but that's like another discussion but yeah like um all you have to know is like if i bought something today am i okay with it going down a certain amount and if it did do i want to buy more or do i not want to buy more or do i want to like you know, uh, um, you know so i think there's a lot of different things you have to think about before you buy anything and uh but if you like you know throw a hundred dollars or something thinking it's going to turn you into a million it's probably not <laughs> so just be aware of that like just don't get too stupid with these things um yeah cosmic blocks what's up or six sigma i think you were waiting for a while sorry no no i already gave my regards to Adi. oh this was the, talking yeah, about yeah. the hopes and community and everything of course yeah thank you <laughs> uh blocks what's up man not much how's everything just wanted to ask a question about where do you see bridging to any other networks on the cosmo on the cosmo cosmic network or or any other evms where do you see that going you mean for luna classic specifically or just in general well both of them luna 2 and luna classic so luna 2 um it, you know it's basically a fully enabled chain um, it's simply a matter of people putting liquidity pools um, for IBC assets. Um, so I don't think that will take that long. I haven't done too much uh, back and forth uh, on there just yet. So I don't, I, I'd have to like find out how to do that before telling you. Uh, on Luna Classic, it's a little bit different. IBC is not enabled yet. And... Um, I'm not exactly sure uh, when that all is going to take place. So there's still some unknowns there. Um, but uh, people are kind of working on it on the osmosis side of the um, pond. And uh, yeah, so the, it, I don't know exactly what kind of timing is involved. But like Vegas said, it's sort of on their list of things to do. But they have so much stuff to do. And there's such a small group of guys that are kind of sorting this out. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, like all of those ideas are good. And like, they're definitely things that people are considering and trying to work on. So that's the simple answer. Um, hey, DeFi Zella, what you doing? Hey, I just wanted to um, make an observation around uh, all the NFTs and stuff. So, you know, uh, we were all accumulating um, back in the heydays of uh, Luna. It's like, you know, six months ago or whatever. <laughs> feels like a lifetime away. Um, I was just on a kick of uh, getting involved in all of the NFT projects and minting them, right? And uh, you know, the funny thing is that when Terra collapsed, it's the NFTs that actually held the value 
through, right? And uh, I'm finally seeing like all of those projects um, kind of migrate to all of the different chains. Like a bunch of mine are in Polygon now, and a bunch of them are in, uh, you know, different places in the cosmos. And then there's the Galactic Punks, which, you know, um, are still doing really good and is going into the new Luna uh, chain, right? Yeah, like, I, I migrated. speak to I speak to Karma on a regular basis because she's on the emergency funds allocation committee with me or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, apparently, I think they're pretty close to getting um, some of their sort of issues ironed out. I think they had some stuff pending, like some things they had to do with Gravidao regarding their NFTs or something. And mm-hmm. uh, they're working on um, having that fully functional on Terra V2, assuming that uh, everything goes smoothly. So, yeah, there's there is that coming back. Uh, they're working on it for sure. Yeah, so I mean, it was, it's just, uh, I find it really funny because like the, you know, I was very seriously investing in Luna with doing all the different strategies, you know, eh, but wasn't serious about NFTs, but like now it looks like the NFTs are what held the value all the way through. Like, you know, they're most of them are back to what it was worth, like right before the collapse, right? Like it's just uh, really interesting to see how meme stuff <laughs> is holding the value uh like right now i've got a Red yeah Bull. In, in fact in fact i think the most recent sort of luna pump i think had to do with the fact that like the the selling pressure had dissipated um some of us are starting to talk about it again and tweet about it again but also because the luna classic community uh community probably came in and bought luna because they probably some people probably didn't know which one was which and just went and bought it <laughs> so it's sort of like popped as well and um and so so whatever like attention the classic community sort of bringing back to the entire system i think is um valuable for both uh both groups essentially yeah and you know one of the things that i did um the last few days of like the the death spiral that was going on uh, when the ust was still at maybe like 30 cents or something i basically cashed out all of my UST to get, you know, millions of Luna. I was like, haha, this is going to be a meme. It's going to be worth nothing, but I'm going to hold, you know, a couple million Luna here. Look, I finally achieved my goal of like state, you know, and uh, now it's uh, hilarious that it's being pumped like uh, Dogecoin. (laughs) Eddie, um, after hearing all these like conversations, right, because Eddie's like kind of new to crypto. So it's kind of fun someone who doesn't like know too much about what we're talking about. Like yeah. what, what is the vibe you get from all these people? I'm just curious, like, or is everyone crazy? Like, like, like what, what are you thinking in your head? Adi, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, I think a lot of you sound very passionate about all of this stuff, which I think is good. Um, I think a lot of people sound really smart. The only thing I'm thinking, because I'm like looking through this star, or whatever, is like all of these little NFTs look so like, um, like I don't know what the right word is, like just Basic. very like. No, they they look just so like I don't know like, um, like techy. Like I would love an NFT of like a really cute cat, but I don't want the cat to look like like a computer made it i want like a cute <laughs> one or like like a cool piece of like art 
like in the style of art that I like. Okay, some of some of you NFT nerds need to send Addy like some fun little like cute cat NFT of some kind. There's a lot of yeah. The, the animal well, NFTs like, are some of the most popular out there. It's but between I don't the- want one that looks like like a furry or something like you know like I don't want like to one that looks like a a weirdo would have it. It needs to be like cute and funny. Like oh, you want it? Look- yeah, there, there's plenty of those too for sure. Like so, some of okay. you guys are gonna need to find her something. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like some of the yeah. folks that love NFTs, like maybe send her something fun. Eddie, you're just looking at like a tiny drop of the whole ocean of NFTs that are like all over the different chains, right? So uh, definitely, we'll find you something that you might like. Okay, I really like also um, like certain types of art. Like the other day, I posted a picture of a Klimt painting that I really like. Like stuff like that, I would probably buy maybe. I yeah, they know. actually they actually have like one of one NFTs, like artists that create those. They have some of the regenerative mm-hmm. art that you're seeing here, which is like where you have like a certain image of a like a character or something like that, and then like uh, like Shrewdbuck here, like for example has like a little wolf you know and then there's like a crown on top and then like if you mm-hmm. like but there's might be a different one with like a hat and a different one with a different color wolf and so the regenerative ones are like these combinations of different like combos sort of and mm-hmm. like there's another like thing in the nft space where like rarity is a thing like some some traits that some of the characters have are more rare than others which kind of like you know uh people tend to price those higher and things like that. So it's kind of like, uh, just think about like how, I don't know, Pokemon cards or baseball cards are sold. Um, it's a similar like concept to that in many ways. Why do you think I know about baseball cards or Pokemon cards? I don't know. Like just because like (laughs) kids in high school played played them like when I was in high school. (laughs) (laughs) We went to high school at very different times. Well, I mean, Um, but like Pokemon cards have been around the entire time though, which is the funny thing. Is it like because some of them are like rare or whatever? Yeah, exactly. That way, okay. Yes. Yeah, I you know the other the idea. Do they have okay. any like Taylor Swift NFTs? Probably somewhere, maybe not on the Cosmos, but somewhere else. But so usually, you know, uh, yeah, usually if it's like a person or like a like a copyright type of thing. Um, for example, um, Snoop Dogg had some stuff and, um, in fact, Snoop Dogg, uh, was like, I don't remember which Tara one he did, um, but he was actually, um, like part, uh, I guess, con- like owner or like cap provided capital and stuff like that. So, there, but there was a fair number of celebrities that were in sort of like the, into the sort of like the mm-hmm. NFT craze for a little bit there. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about like a Taylor Swift, like you're a fan of somebody, that would be have to be that would have to be something that she would have to release as some sort of oh yeah thing. Well, she definitely hasn't done that I know that for sure I would yeah know. she might not have she might not have do music NFTs and stuff like that if I could just I just want one that's like so fun to look at or something or really cute by those maybe check check out so when you go on Stargaze just kind of flip through some of those and you might see something interesting. Um, they're actually really, really inexpensive on Stargaze too. They're like, um, like basically like selling for just like just nominal amounts of money. So you can basically use, um, but I'd have to show you how to convert like Adam to, um, stars tokens. Um, once, once, uh, a lot of these projects, uh, incorporate what's called interchain accounts, which, you know, Django, when she was here was talking about, 
then it's going to be possible to like just buy like any anything on Cosmos with any other coin in theory. Um, it's going to be a lot simpler uh, to do so, and it'll automatically convert to different coins in the background. But imagine like on Stargaze, it has its own coin. Imagine going to like Chuck E. Cheese and you have to go and like put, get coins. You, know, you, you put dollars in the machine and get coins, right? And then you yeah. go and like play skee ball. So like the stars token is the token that's used on that particular platform. Oh, okay. So I need to like convert. Yeah, you, exactly. That's how it works. Or whatever. And Eddie, sometimes um, it's not just about the picture though. Like sometimes it's kind of like a membership to a club, right? And uh, they, the club comes with a lot of uh, perks, right? Over time, they give you access to other NFT mints and where you can get like, you know, get first pick of people who are allowed to mint new NFTs. Sometimes there's like different utilities, like goes beyond the picture itself, right? And and it's such a open world out there. Like people just make up stuff, right? Like you've heard, if you've heard about Bored Apes, right? Like the, that's kind of like the biggest craziest club that people you know you need millions of dollars to be part of what well, you know yeah. be part of that but we had uh, a long discussion about that yesterday i think but like but even also did something like that by the way Ali, i think well this is not on cosmos but i think you sound like the type of person who would like pudgy penguins i send it on your dm okay it's, thank it's, you. it's the type of cute shit that you were talking about so i'm pretty sure you'd <laughs> like that but yeah, you have awesome. like different, like, for example, um, like some of the people down in the audience have like, uh, like Galactic Punks, which was like a, um, like a kind of a character art that was um, sort of like popular on the Terra blockchain. And it was kind of like the blue chip most popular kind of thing at the time. And then you have people um, like Home over here has a little dog. I think it's like a Chihuahua. And there's the Huawei chain, which is kind of like a meme chain on Cosmos. And uh, so he's got like a little Chihuahua with a little crown there. I don't know if you saw that. And then yeah, like if you go down a lot below. Of people with the, like when you were talking about Shroot earlier, like mm -hmm. seems like a lot of people have whatever that one is. Yeah. And then there's like Democritus down here. I think that's a, I think that's a bad kids. I think I'm not sure. Um, but they're like hand drawn, like, like, pictures of like kids having fun and shit like it's like it's a very funny one um they have a lot of like funny little twitter videos of and memes and stuff they create with the faces and i don't know if democritus can hop up but i think that's i think that's a bad kids if i'm not mistaken anyway like yeah there's a lot of different ones there's wrecked wolves wrecked wolves is sort of like this concept of this play on in crypto when like the price goes down and you get wrecked like oh. the term the term wrecked in crypto means you sort of like you know you bought high and the price went down and shit like that you know, yeah. the, the Rec Wolves, they actually um, provide stats on NFTs on all the different platforms. Like, that's kind of their service, right? Like, when you're when you're part of them. So, like, the one that I'm sporting right now, it's kind of a, uh, like, Rec Wolves did, did uh, Trippy Mushrooms, and this is what came out. So, um, that that's kind of some, some NFTs, they have, like, a transformation factor, right? And you get a different one. Uh, so that's that's what's going on with with this guy, and uh, they're now entertained and like they're kind of deploying on all of the different blockchains instead of they started off in Terra, but now they're like off in Polygon and other places as as well. And um, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting and fun ride to learn about all this stuff. But one thing I want to tell you, Addy, is that 
we might sound smart, you know, Sophia and I, but uh, you know, we we uh, we also lost like you know a lot of our net worth, even though you know we we thought we were doing smart plays. So you know, this is a gambling. Yeah, you'd, you'd be you'd be shocked how much um, like my wallet would go up and down as far as like my assets. Um, probably most people would like bleed from their nose if they saw it. <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy. Um, I've been at this a long time. So like you, you get used to that to some extent, right? You just have to like roll with the punches to some extent and you, 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 you get your ass kicked from time to time too, in some projects that do really badly. Luckily compared to a lot of people on Terra though, I had a lot of mine in Prism and actually Prism's coins were largely liquid. Um, I did have some on Anchor that I was borrowing off of, and I had to move cash into Terra during all the drama to free up my sort of loaned or collateralized Luna. And, but I actually was able to clear a modest amount of it, um, or actually most all of it at, at a time that it mattered. And actually it was weird because like I was able to clear it after the DPEG. So because of the specific assets I had, I just got lucky that I wasn't doing some other things. Um, I was able to clear most of it. And then I actually got the airdrop also. So um, I didn't do as bad as a lot of people, like lucky me, I suppose. But like, but again, like these are things that if you're really, really into this and you know exactly what you're doing, like, and something bad happens, like uh, the probability you're going to be able to like play that game quickly um there's a lot of game theory involved when you kind of like these things happen and you have to like think quickly and it's 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 pretty harrowing because you're seeing like like anyway addy like what happened to tara um was that like just a big financial calamity occurred without getting into the details of it and um it was one of the chains that like a lot of people in crypto including myself and DeFi zealot like a lot of us really sort of believe in the vision of it so for it to fail was both like heartbreaking, but not just uh, wallet breaking. I think you've probably heard that from Tundra yesterday. It, it was it's a, it was a pretty big frustrating year for a lot of people. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like from the way that you guys talk about it. Yeah, we learned a lot, but yeah, like but anyway, the the thing is like you got to live and learn and kind of move on, I guess. And this is why I say like. I never, uh, it doesn't matter what I own and whatever other bullshit, like I always keep my day job. Um, you know, I go to work every day and do my usual thing. And like, you, you always have to sort of like, it's better to stay grounded and doing something useful. It doesn't really matter how much you make and all that other BS, like, the, like go do something that makes the world a better place, do actual work. And like, uh, and, and it's like much more satisfying, like, um, you know, like money going up and down and all that. Like, I know people say like, oh, I'm just going to like break free of my, uh, you know, nine to five or some other shit. Like, I guess if you're doing something you really do not like or whatever, but just realize that even if you no, do get rich quick, yeah, if you do get rich quick, I, I, I will tell you that um, there is a tendency to spend a lot more when you have a lot more and you will typically burn whatever you have much, much quicker. Every little thing that you do when you don't have a lot of money, because I've, I've been there where I didn't have very much, um, every little thing that you do, you watch your wallet, right? You're like being careful about like, you know, what lattes you buy or whatever the hell, like you're really being careful. Um, and then when you have a lot more, for whatever reason, you tend to escalate your, your, your standard of living to meet that, which I suppose is the whole point of having money in the first place. But then it, 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 um, it, you don't save as much as you think you will over the long run. So there is this tendency to lose ground when you, especially for people that get a lot of money very quickly, 
the odds of them losing it quickly is super high because um, it's it just what it is. Like some people just like win the lottery when it comes to crypto, they buy something really low, it goes really high. And um, they, now they think they're, you know, a genius of some kind and then um, tend to like blow their money on stupid shit that doesn't make sense. And um, it happens all the time. And I think if you stay grounded, like working, doing whatever it is you do, um, it, it's it's a good idea. Like uh, this. It's funny because like when um, so SJ Park, Eddie was a guy that worked for um, the Terraform Labs, who's the group that built the Terra blockchain. And I remember him calling me up and saying, hey, uh, you know you kind of like talking about Tara on Twitter spaces and this and that, would you like to be kind of like some kind of a communicator or a spokesman or something like that for the company? And I was like, well, hmm, maybe, um, we're like, what's the job all about? What are you supposed to do? And, and, um, it's like, well, the thing is like, we need someone that like is like a spokesman cause, um, you know, we, some kind of communications person or something. Right. And, um, first off I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, like, what are you going to pay me? Like I make a pretty good living. Um, you know, like it's probably not that easy to, to cover the cost of a, a pulmonary critical care physician. It's not that easy. So I was like, first thing is like, wait, what are you going to pay me? And the second thing was like, well, um, uh, and then he's like, well, it's like, because of regulations, this, that you probably wouldn't want to move to South Korea. And I'm like, Hmm, I really love this shit, but I mean, moving to South Korea, I don't know about that. That's like, that's a big, maybe that's a big ask. And, um, it's like, wait, what am I gonna do with my kids? And like, um, my wife works and stuff. Like, what is all this bullshit? And so I tell my wife this, and she's like, Hmm, she, she thinks about it for a minute. It's like, wait, South Korea, what? And, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I was, I pretty much said no. And I said, well, I'll be willing to help with, you know, volunteering for some things or whatever, if you guys need me, but like, yeah, it's like getting paid for this and moving to South Korea is definitely not my thing. But like, uh, it, it's probably a good thing I didn't like take, give up my day job uh, because then I'd be double wrecked, right? Like then I'd be working in crypto and wrecked and uh, <laughs> like have my, my wallet wrecked simultaneously. So that would be funny. But anyway, yeah, you, you want to like keep, um, so part of diversification is I think having some sort of income or revenue stream that is not necessarily tied all to the same thing. So it's fine to be like working in one thing and having a hobby in something else and like investing in something else or whatever. You don't have to have everything in one place. Um, and, and, you're, and, you're, and it's fun because like if you do different things, like your mind um, is stimulated and you're like, it's not as depressing and stuff like, um, like, you know, the older you get, the, the, the more sort of like, like things that you have to occupy your time with to like have fun. And like, that, that's a key thing. Like just, um, just having something to do at all times is really important. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Demon, any other advice, uh, fun things lately? What's that, Addy? I said that's good advice. No, yeah, dude, like that, the, the basics. <laughs> that whole AMA is a shit show, dude. Fucking. Oh my god, what's happening? Well, every time, dude, I've joined that bastard with my tablet, with my phone. I drove. Bro, I drove like a half a mile away from my house to the fucking tower because I thought it was on my end. But I think the host is having an issue. It keeps kicking Vegas out. Oh. Like, I, I'll connect to it and then it'll just like stop. Nobody's talking. So and then a, it like. So it's a technical problem. Yeah, but there's no other spec. Dude, I've been list- trying to listen to it on my tablet and I've been listening to you guys for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes seamlessly. No fucking issue. But then David comes on and I was trying to listen to his stupid ass because everybody's talking technical terms and shit. And then they're like, hey, David, do you have any kind of questions? And he's like, uh, well, I just want to make it clear, you know, I know the difference between Luna and 
Luna Classic, you know, and it's like, what, dude? Nobody even asked you that fucking question, guy. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, dude, he, <laughs> he's so out of the fucking water right now. Like, the shits, the bits and pieces that I was able to hear, I don't even know why they have him on there. Because you got, like, scientists talking to kindergartners right now, and he's, like, the dumbest one in the kindergarten class. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, bud, what are you doing? Have a bad English, but I have questions. Go for it, man. At Luna, why no one buy the alt of uh, Luna V2? Like Lira, Alem, Race, Escodus. It's a stable choice. Lira is Turkey, Race is Portugal, Escodus is America, no? Why no, why no one buy it? I, I, wait, buy what? I'm not sure we understood what you said. You had a lot of words there. Buy what? Alts of uh, Luna V2. Go in a TFM site. You will see uh-huh. the blue chips alts. Oh, um, so the second, the, the alts on Terra V2? Yes. Um, I like think, Lira. I think there's, yeah, a lot of those, they're just not that... Um, they haven't gotten that busy yet in terms of like popularity. I think when uh, hopefully over the next maybe six months or so, like a lot more sort of excitement happens on Terra V2 and a lot of new projects start opening up again. And uh, yeah, maybe you'll see some of that like excitement uh, pick up again at that point. So if anything, they're probably all of the things on Terra V2 are probably cheap right now. And if there's anything that's interesting there, it might be worth picking up while it's cheap. But it, it, as far as like when these things are going to go up or whatever, the excitement, I don't know. I think um, once a lot of the projects start opening up and people start having, um, like people start having, uh, you know, discussions on Twitter and, you know, posting about it and everything, I think at that point things will start to climb. But um, usually everything starts climbing together. So yeah, you just keep an eye on it. Yeah, I can know. I'm a big wally of a lot of joints or a lot of projects or NFT on Terra. Big, big wally. But I think it's the future because uh, Turkey got a big inflection. From 20, year 29, the stable choice of Lira only down. And the vision of Luna, do you know? The vision is make stable choice to well world, make it freedom. So I think regulation coming to Turkey, to Portugal, to, to El Salvador is after the regulation. I think Luna make regulation El, El Crypto. Hmm. I'm yes. not sure I understood all of that, but yeah, interesting. Sorry for bad English. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Uh, Not really. Sorry. I didn't know half these also existed on on Terra 2. It's kind of dead, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, they're not even up and running yet. Some of the alts on Terra 2, I would be careful of. that. They could be bullshit, too. So, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard very many good things about Terra 2 in recent times from like what I've been able to speak with other teams and people. So, uh, I don't know what it's going to go to be honest. 
Like I still have my tokens. I kind of just like a lot of just leaving it, staking it, putting an astral port, whatever. But I've pretty much written it off as like a, a loss already. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, so. There are some uh, projects building, and like we're handing out community funds for those. So uh, there are things happening. It's just like figuring out where the enthusiasm is going to come from, and um, like uh, you know, the the previous chain had like a lot of things going for it. Right? There were um, there was everything from like venture capital in there. There was. Uh, like game developers and all sorts of stuff was happening um, besides the UST thing. So it had all of the benefits of um, a traditional uh, layer one, but it also had like the stablecoin narrative. And so it was like a dual and it was a deflationary token. So it had like four or five click boxes for some of the most interesting narrative out there. Um, so it, it's, it's actually hard for any chain to have that many narratives actually forget about uh Luna V2. Um, the reality was it actually had really good, um, like it, it ticked a lot of tokenomics boxes. If, if the like UST Luna uh, pegging mechanism uh, was set up a bit like better and with better capital controls and other things, maybe it couldn't have gotten, it could have gotten a lot bigger before a crisis happened. Who knows? But um, yeah, the, 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 it's very hard like to create, what was created there it's not that easy which is what another reason why a lot of people are disappointed right because if it was that easy to find something that interesting well we'd be talking about it right now right <laughs> and so there's a lot of things happening in the crypto world but it's it's rarely that you can find that much focus in one place which um well i mean i think a lot of it was artificial like everything you're talking about only worked because of ust to a certain degree um, because you're you're able to essentially create it out of thin air, your liquidity backing seems a lot thicker than it really is, which is what ultimately led to its downfall. And I think the more that I've been looking at stuff, like the, like no matter what it is, it just it comes down to liquidity at the end of the day. If you have enough liquidity and guaranteed liquidity, you will beat out every everyone else, and you will be able to generate that interest in the long run. Uh, for these projects. It's just that like right now you have anything in the AMM space is just mercenary capital going to farm native tokens or like DEX tokens or whatever, or um, like you have people just flitting around from project to project or farming and dumping in the case of like most VCs. Um, Cause like right now I, I effectively work for a VC now. So I'm getting access to like a lot of those models and seeing it, it's kind of fucked up, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, the 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 venture capital comes, the venture capital goes. So um, they're they're trying. A lot of that venture capital is in it for like a good solid like twenty or hundred x, and uh, you know, and then they kind of like move a lot of their initial uh, investment out. Oftentimes, I think. But is there a VC going risk on? Because I can keep hearing that uh, in the recent days, like like this week pretty much or last Who is? end of last week uh that he was saying that he was working basically for a vc and that i was just talking before yeah oh dollar so. yeah so is is uh, are you guys going risk on because i keep hearing uh, uh discussions through business that we see more and more try to front run. i'm not sure it's a short-term play but um, no, not necessarily crypto just in general my uh my 
current job, uh, we're pretty risk on uh, our firm itself, um, but we're really small as well. Um, and I was talking earlier in here, like we're working on a ride-like project. Uh, we're devote, devoting a lot of our resources to that. And we're a very small shop. Um, can't speak for other VCs fully, um, but there's already like a lot of money committed to projects. So like they can't really de-risk based off of their agreements from what I know. Um, but like newer investments are definitely, I wouldn't say risk on really. Yeah, that, that's, that's my, my two cool. cents. Hey Zara, what are you doing? Um, I just got back from the pub with my sister and I have a question for you. It's kind of unrelated, but I was just wondering, um, would you say that crypto has made your life better or worse since you first discovered it? Um, probably largely worse. Why? I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I like, I like to, uh, <laughs> I like nerding out on crypto, so it's it works it works fine for me. It's like a hobby. Think of it that way. Yeah, I see your main source of income, or like, what do you do, Safi? You're kind of a mystery. Uh, me? No, I I actually uh, I'm a pulmonary critical care physician, so I I went to work this morning and then got out by afternoon, and then I have like a bunch of people that like minions that work for me and stuff. Like <laughs> so, I, like for the afternoon, I'm just kind of hanging out and. Uh, then like so yeah i don't i don't do like um crypto as any kind of like primary livelihood or anything like that but i do make enough off of it as like uh like on a consistent basis that i um i can certainly like pay the bills with it so it's pretty good that's good did you say primary care physician no a pulmonary and critical care which is uh like intensive oh. care mm -hmm. no wait you're a doctor yeah i didn't know that that's crazy Oh, you must not have been in the spaces where I like told stories about it. <laughs> oh no, uh, because I've missed those. I've just been too busy talking about goblins. Um, wait. So, how long have you been uh, qualified? Are you a junior doctor, or what's that? How long have you been qualified? Um, I have been at this like a good like seventeen years now, or so. Yeah. Oh, Safi, you're so old and dusty. <laughs> I can't believe it. I did start really young, though. So there's that. But yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm not, I'm not too old because I, I, like, I graduated very, very early. So yeah. One of those kids, anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, the kids on. Have you seen the show Stranger Things? Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine those kids. That was me like running around and like, you know, like, you know, you know, playing in my, you know, running, running bikes, all of the friends' houses, like, you know, run around the woods and just like exploring and shit and like shooting each other with like little electronic weapons and all sorts of weird shit. Yeah. That was us. I mean, minus the actual monsters, obviously. That's really cool. Wait, well, so when it comes out, what's the main thing you're doing day to day? Wait, what's that now? No, I wanted to ask whether you also had commie fears, like absolute fear of communists everywhere when you were a kid. <laughs> um, well, uh, no, but like in the in the 1980s, at least, um, like I was sort of like, yeah, I, I, I kind of like 
my most memorable childhood years were all like 80s, right? And um, I was, uh, yeah, at the time, everyone thought like, you know, everyone's going to go to nuclear war. So, like, you know, like you'd read a magazine, it says, oh, like, you know, President Reagan versus the Soviets building this many nuclear missiles and all this other shit. So that Cold War time was interesting. Uh, it's not so much that we were worried about, like, like communists and stuff, uh, like, you know, it, on a daily basis. It was just like, oh, we're all going to die of nuclear war. So if you guys remember the song Alphaville Forever Young, um, I'm a big Alphaville fan, actually, from uh, they're from Germany. Anyway, uh, like the song Forever Young is like, obviously, you know, pretty timeless and famous. And um, it was about that, basically, this idea of like, um you know, living forever if it wasn't for just nuclear war or something like that. Uh, kind of a dreamy song. And uh, yeah, the, the culture was certainly affected by it a little bit. Um, but actually, it was weird. Like, the 80s were a really fun time in the sense that, like, um, a lot of movies and stuff were, um, like, comedy and movies was kind of sort of fresh still. Like, now it seems all, like, regurgitated and, like, recycled and whatever. And, like, most comedies suck. But at the time, like comedy on film was really, really fresh. And um, we had like Saturday Night Live with a lot of like great um, comedians and everything. And um, like movies were like, uh, while on the one hand, people are building nuclear missiles everywhere. Um, like movies were like an escape where people are like really had like fun making them. Like I don't remember all those movies like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and like. I don't know, but uh, just a bunch of like breakfast club and all sorts of shit. Like a lot of fun stuff was out at the time. And um, like, it was almost like, uh, it was like a carefree sort of world that was like, remember like Karate Kid and like all those feel good some summer movies and stuff like that that used to come out. Yeah. Back to very, the Future. Very, yeah. Back to the Future. Exactly. Like every movie. The Arcade. Was like, what's that? Oh, fuck. The arcades, man. That's what I miss. Arcades. <laughs> yep. Yep. I just, exactly. I can't believe this, Sefi, because I thought you were like 24. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this has changed my life. Um, wait, so in part, uh, Sefi is 70. You didn't know that? He's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I should have been pushing death, him. kind of, actually. I guess he's a youthful spirit in a way. Um, yeah, his voice here. sounds young, but he's like well. super old. He's like ARP yeah, member. Like, yeah, he's really, really, really old. That's basically it's, like geriatrics, like nursing yeah. home level. He's actually when he talks about being a pulmonary critical care physician, he's actually senile, and he's in a nursing home. So, like, it's honestly based. Yeah, don't like take him at his word. He doesn't know any better. You know, they just let him go on his phone in there because he has nothing better to do in the nursing home. Sefi's like doing socket. surgery and then he's like on a space talking about crypto. And it's like the last thing a person hears <laughs> is the space. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I find it like I've always been kind of like uh, uh, like generally playful person in a sense, too. Uh, that's why probably Bruce and I get along a lot. Like, uh, like I've, I, I think I'm sort of like always a kid at heart to some extent or the other, always curious about something. So, um, yeah, it's, it's always good to kind of like stay fun. And, uh, like, like for example, a lot of people get like trapped in their decade of music or whatever. And I'm always looking for like new music all the time. Um, 
you know, like, like high quality artists and stuff like that to listen to. So like between like myself, my brother and a few other people, like we have a shared like Apple music account, for example, and we like people that have similar music tastes, we keep adding to that. Right. So it's like, um, so you're always kind of like getting some fresh music in your head. Uh, yeah, there's always good stuff happening everywhere all the time. Uh, I, I kind of look at like the last, like so far in my lifetime, it's probably one of the best times to be alive in the history of the human race. Right. Like it's like, um, so I have a fairly optimistic view of, of the world. Um, despite the fact that I see a lot of like death and destruction generally, um, I think, uh, like it, it's a healthier worldview than always bitching about something or another all the time. Right. Like, so, uh, yeah. it's, yeah. But anyway, I think that's really fantastic. Cause I think even just like with music, you know, having that like a uh, curiosity for growth is so important. Just like, even stay young in the mind but also just have some sort of sense of purpose like because once you fall into stagnancy even with little things that's when you start to die to be honest like and even when you look at the hormonal perspective of things it kind of all matches up and it lines up you know more stress hormones less growth higher serotonin you know and all of a sudden you got liver cancer <laughs> you know <laughs> well there's there's the like there's also just keeping the mind sharp, like the more stuff you're doing, um, the more like your mind sort of crystallizes and you kind of like are able to connect the dots to more things to kind of like see maybe a bigger worldview and things like that. Um, and like the more sort of areas of things you're in, like whether it's art, music, technology, um, just whatever, um, science, um, people, you know, like you, you, you have a, I think you get a better, like more well-rounded view of like the the sort of like the way the world works and maybe your place in it. And, um, uh, like as someone who's like generally a teacher too, cause I have to like train doctors and things, I, I think it has helps to have like some like kind of like holistic worldview and, um, like it, it makes it easier to handle complicated, like, and oftentimes deadly situations and things like that and kind of guide people through all of that. So it's a, it's an experience. Honestly, Sefi, that's really great. I'm really glad that you're a doctor with that worldview because I think I think it's kind of rare. Like a lot of doctors can uh, you know, doc being a becoming going into medicine can sort of uh select for obedience and sort of regurgitation. Obviously you need to be intelligent, but being able to look at things as a holistic worldview and look at the body as not just, you know, a bunch of separately functioning systems, but the whole thing is something that's just so neglected in healthcare. Um thought about doing medicine but i just really didn't want to do the seven years to be honest so um i've just kind of been chilling but um i don't know it's a white pill it's a white pill what, to hear that you're a doctor what's you your are. area uh i just did a biology degree and i'm self-employed so oh yeah cool got it but i'm really interested in um endocrinology mostly and like um yeah I don't know, a bunch of different things. I'm kind of drunk right now, to be honest. I'm finding hard to talk. But <laughs> yeah, it's kind of late for you, I guess. Yeah, actually, if you like biology, um, I think, uh, like, uh, I, I posted a, a tweet up top, which was, like, um, somebody shared with me today. It was, like, Ethan Buckman's um, discussion about, like, where he sees, like, this cosmos ecosystem we talk about going. And he's actually, like, a biophysicist, which is super interesting. Um, and he's like, has an interesting philosophical angle, um, as far as like the future of tech, I think it's a worthwhile 
video I've been kind of like mentioning to people all day. I, th I think it was a really good, um, he's a pretty well-spoken individual and does a good job, like elucidating his vision, but like mm, his sort of crypto vision is steeped in sort of like the behavior of nature. And, um, you know, to me, I think about that a lot as well about how like DNA works and how, how blockchains are similar in many ways and things like that. So I think he and I have, would have an interesting conversation at some point too. Um, very, very, uh, yeah, you guys should just definitely check out that uh, post I made up top with that YouTube link. Oh, it's pretty cool. Sounds cool. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, Hey Lucas, what's up? Hi, I'm just listening and I'm curious as a pul pulmonologist, do you have a dedicated breathwork practice? Oh, wait, what's that now? So you, you, you study and like, um, are a doctor of lungs, right? Yeah, correct. So do you, do you have like a yoga practice of breath work, you know, like, do you have a regular, like, I'm, you know, this is just the way I think, like, I figure somebody who studies lungs must have some strong connection with lungs. How did you find that? Do you, not, ne do not necessarily. You, yeah. um, uh, like if you ask a doctor, like, why do you like one organ or the other? Um, a lot of times, like any organ in the body is interesting. It's not like a kidney doctor, an endocrinologist or a lung doctor, whatever. Like, like it's like you fell in love with that organ or something like that necessarily. Uh, a lot of times what happens is, is when you're in training and stuff, it, uh, which, what fields you oftentimes go into happens to be sometimes just what mentors you liked or something like that, right? Like wherever you enjoyed your time, you tend to sort of gravitate there. I don't know that like many people like are born with this idea of like, oh, I want to become like, I want to study the lungs because that looks really, really interesting. Um, I think that I find that to be relatively rare, actually. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm a little skeptical when people say that, you know, like when people are like applying to medical school and stuff and I'm looking at like an application or something and people say that, I'm like, really? You thought, thought about that when you were a kid? Uh, most of the time, that's not true. Um, a lot of times you just like gravitate towards certain things, but, but no, no, I don't have like a special interest in like, I don't know, yoga or like something like that either. So like there's a lot of very specific lung diseases that, um, that um, we deal with. And in particular, like things that, uh, many different things that make you sick uh, wind you up uh, requiring like respiratory support and ventilators, things like that. And so like our field is a mixture of like lung disease and just general what we call critical care medicine. So, for example, like, you know, let's say like, we will have like I'll have patients that are like, for example, like complicated pregnancies, for example, that have a disaster or like a complicated surgery with a disaster. So pretty much if a disaster happens, they basically call me to like, uh, help out with some of the details of dealing with that. Um, so it's, it's kind of an interesting like mixture. So lung disease and critical care oftentimes go together because oftentimes when you're critically ill, your lungs get affected and vice versa. So that's how that play, that comes into play. But no, I'm, I don't have much. The lungs are like a very responsive organ, right? They change a lot on a, like a fairly fast basis compared to other organs. Like, what do you mean? How so? Like, I know that, for example, like, I can notice tremendous changes in my breath depending on, you know, um, exercise, um, temperature, moisture, how, like, if I ate a heavy meal, this kind of thing. 
Um, I don't yeah. quite know such a fe- fast feedback loop. I wouldn't say necessarily on, I don't know, my large intestine. You have like, well, there's different things. Um, so like if you eat a lot, for example, like you said, like you're applying like pressure against your diaphragms. So it's going to feel like you're a little bit more constricted. And when there's stretch receptors in the lung and, and when your lung can't stretch as much as it normally would because you're bloated or something, then your brain senses that as being like maybe slightly shorter breath um, or something like that. But yeah, obviously with exercise, you breathe more. Um, yeah, all of those like subjective sensations are like expected and pretty normal. Like this, all, that's all part of it. But there's nothing... Uh, there's nothing particularly exotic about all that. It's pretty much par for the course, so to speak. Um, a lot of times people overinterpret what all that means. Like <laughs> to some extent it doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, most of those things you shouldn't really worry about. They're pretty all, all pretty normal. No. So I'm an herbalist and I live in Costa Rica and a lot of the herbs around here, like if you look in the books and especially if you, you know, if you talk to the, the native people here, there are a lot of herbs here that affect pulmonary function in different ways. Um, and this is just an interest of mine for, for different reasons, but way more from the breathwork, yoga, herbalist, like herbology perspective. Lucas, um, I'm kind of yeah. into that stuff as well. And I just thought it was interesting because um, I think sometimes the stuff that we attribute to, for example, pulmonary function, is actually more to do with sometimes um, the hormonal aspects of things. You know, we we might conflate like certain feelings, you know, of being full with certain. I can't really describe this very well, but um, it's not necessarily about the mechanical effect on the lungs as such as all of the different effects of things of you like you know eating something, for example. And I think uh, CO2 maxing, I don't know what you guys think about that, but like in terms of improving the gradient of like oxygen and CO2 and how it can improve like metabolism in the cells and the lungs and stuff, I think that's a really interesting area. And I think some yoga practices really improve that. Um, but also just even simple stuff like bag breathing, you know, as simple as that, like it's really significant like improvements for some asthmatics and stuff like that because better oxygenation into the lungs by creating a stronger gradient and i think a lot of well you might think they have like one like you know when i search a herb it has one specific thing that all the sites say is great about it but really what's really great about it is something entirely else that you can only find deep in like google scholar or something you know i don't know so there's like the number of sort of feedback mechanisms that make you feel say for example short of breath um one would be heart problems one would be like fluid around your lungs because people have certain diseases one would be like if the lung tissue itself is being damaged by certain diseases um another would be say for example fluid within the lungs because your heart's not working so there's all the pathologic things um that make one winded but there's also just kind of like um there's a normal sort of like tie-in between sort of um this like so the heart lungs and all of the interactions and how it ties into the brain is is geared to make you anxious like the entire system is built such that if one of these organs is not working it's meant to trigger your brain into sort of like a sense of anxiety or doom so like you see it in all the time in people that have really bad lung disease heart disease like when you feel like you're dying for example there's this like really really overwhelming sense of like sympathetic drive and doom that comes over people 
Um, so in some cases, for example, uh, you can have that mechanism be kind of haywire. And people overperceive this stuff and over like and they end up having like panic attack type behavior almost or actual panic attacks, which are not actually like anything wrong with your heart and lungs necessarily. It's just your brain's sort of like interpretation of like stimuli. So there's like these interesting like feedback loops that make you feel like there's something wrong. But usually with the lungs, lungs are a very resilient organ. There's in most people there's not necessarily anything wrong with them. But if you feel differently, for example, with humidity and different things like you'd mentioned, some people just have a little bit of like what we call bronchospasm, like the airways have like an asthmatic type uh, spasm effect. And some people are responsive to that. So if you have symptoms like that, that are like other people don't, then it could mean you have some mild asthma, which is possible. Um, but yeah, if it, it, it's not bothering you too much, it doesn't automatically mean you have to do anything about it either. I, so, yeah. I love hearing you talk. It's like, it's stuff I think about, right? Breathing all the time, but you think about it so differently from, you know, from this very qualified medical perspective. Yeah. I mean, just the, the thing to notice is that there is a, there are connections neurologically between like, um, in our, between our lung and between our brain. Um, and it, like, each person interprets that slightly differently. So um, like the subjective experience is different from each individual, which, you know, makes people think all sorts of things like, wait, why, why isn't my friend feeling like this? Why is it only me or things like that? Um, that's pretty common as far as like, like subjective sensations within your body in terms of how prominent they feel for some people versus others. Um, like I'll, I'll give you a great example. Like for example, heart attacks in, uh, men, people have more symptoms, whereas in women, people have like more vague symptoms, not like they don't always have like real bad chest pain or something. They might have like what we call more atypical symptoms, like shortness of breath or like, uh, you know, like radiation to the neck or something. So even like the subjective sensations during disease are a bit different too. So when you've seen enough of these kinds of situations, like, you know, thousands and thousands of them, you realize, okay, like there's a pretty wide spread of this. And like we try to narrow down like, um, certain types of conditions and whatnot, especially the more dangerous conditions, like people that develop like pulmonary embolisms or lung clots, things like that. Um, they can like bad things can happen to you, like literally out of the blue, which is uh, like no matter what you do, no matter how healthy you are and all that stuff. So um, uh, a lot of what we focus on is like figuring out number one is like whatever's wrong with you is going to kill you, and number two, like um, if there's a disease that's going to be like progressive, can we stop its like progression? And like third thing would be is like, if we can control symptoms or whatever, um, we try to do that if possible, but there's a fairly limited number of things you can do. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like our, we open up this massive magic book and we have like a gajillion things <laughs> like there's, there's sort of a narrow spectrum of stuff, um, particularly as, as it pertains to like perceiving things. So a lot of times, like, um, because there's this mind body interaction between like, uh, some people can like have an over amplified sort of sense of like unwellness in a sense based on like you know some organ problem or or just like over perceive certain things for reasons that are totally unclear like sort of how like some people have generalized anxiety and stuff or adhd or whatever like there's people that will perceive things just differently for whatever reason and um so some of that like yeah when you're talking about yoga and all these other uh, modalities like um th there are pr plenty of good reasons to like imagine that those things would kind of generally help people like, for example, it might help with relaxation. If you have like 
it, it might be just distracting from certain symptoms. It might be that just exercise helps you just your general level of physical fitness and like deconditioning. So there's all sorts of little things that, uh, that can wind up helping people, um, uh, that are not necessarily like you take a pill for it or whatever. Um, so yeah, there, you know, but at the same time, like when people usually come to see me, it's usually because they have some substantial shortness of breath and generally like 99% of the time, like serious shortness of breath is usually a real disease. It's not like some kind of like psychological thing. Almost like 99% of the time it's, it's real. If you feel bad enough that you're seeing me, oh. You're, you, well, you're, you definitely have a problem at that point. <laughs> you're working on the emergency end like that, that you're talking when you're talking about this, you're talking about it. You know, the, like I heard you say that the heart and the lungs are designed to give you basically emergency signals. And like that makes total sense for thinking about why, like how you function in the wild. It's like breath work is just like breath work and yoga. And these things are just like a way into tap into the same neural circuits, but use it to take you down. And it takes more time, I think, exactly. you know, because of that. Yeah, it's sort of like trying to retrain the way you perceive these things um, and, and or just perceive them differently than you did before is kind of the idea behind uh, things like yoga. Yep. So yeah, like deep breathing and things like that definitely are a common practice to kind of like bring down anxiety levels, for example. Um, yeah, so there's definitely a feedback loop neurologically and with your brain. There's no question about it. Um, and, and different people have like come up with different like techniques and things for that. Anyway, <laughs> we went down the like the medical rabbit hole. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, I think, Addy, I'm going to like, I think we'll drop for a while. I need to get some dinner. I was thinking Bruce would come on today. Maybe he'll wake up later and we'll like congratulate him for getting freed and getting his account back. So yeah, I'm actually going to the gym right now. So that's good. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, we'll catch up later. Guys. And I need, I need to do some breathing exercises, smoke another pack of cigarettes, you know, don't smoke. It's bad for you. <laughs> Daddy, I've been smoking you forever. Have a cigarette in your entire life? Like, have you ever smoked one? I have not. Wow. Which is which is actually like so I'm not a hypocrite, I guess, I suppose. Yeah, I mean I guess like maybe I definitely have seen a pulmonary critical care physician. Well a lot maybe of actually it's, it's weird. A lot of respiratory therapists and stuff actually smoke, which is hilarious. It's like strange. Yeah, like have you ever smoked a or? have you ever smoked a joint? Nope. I have not. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I, I should or something or like I don't know. You're not ladies, baby. Know, you should not. I'm a bit. I'm a bit crazy as it is. Like you start getting me into that stuff, like we're gonna be in like serious dreamland, right? Like I think if you did anything, something you could do like shrooms, but smoking is kind of gross, like all around. <laughs> yeah, like hanging out with you guys, I'm gonna start like a, a habit now. It's gonna be funny. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll catch up later. <laughs> See you later. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part CFI space discussing Luna, Lunk, Juno, Adam, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Recorded on Monday, September 12th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Yeah.
Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Another fixed game of try my love Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal? I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble